the Good Enough Gaming Podcast. Join Trevor, Daryl, George, and Kyle as we bullshit about all things gaming and nerdy. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another installment of the Good Enough Gaming Podcast. This week's episode is entitled Dialogue Ride. <laughs> um, so if you like fantasy RPG games with crazy animations and fighting sequences, along with thoroughly in-depth storytelling and character development we have a gem of a game and when i say we i mean three of us because not me uh three of us have played called the tales of arise and we figured we would uh unmask the game as a whole discuss what we liked and what we often take for granted Oh, oh my god nice took, took it's even better when kyle doesn't know the puns <laughs> yeah, yeah. That took me a second to get over i mean daryl's good enough that he uh he capitalizes where he wants like the emphasis so that's nice yeah. um appreciate it buddy you're welcome uh, so stay tuned this one is a hoot <laughs> so Obviously, like we said before, this game we've 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 touched on it a little bit. This game is not my cup of tea. I literally just I watched a bit of gameplay of it, and I was just like, hell no, uh, no, 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 no. So, um, for once, you guys are going to have to do the heavy lifting here. Uh, oh please! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Easy. Ah. <laughs> uh, 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 how to fire all three of you up at once is great. Yeah. Bing, bing. So, uh, Tales of Rise, can you can you guys expand on this for me? What is it? What what drew you to it? Because I don't see it. Ouch! It's it's one of the few games that actually had a demo in today's day and age. Not and a beta. No, no it was a it was a. It may have been called a game trial, but in yeah. our, you know, growing up, that was a demo. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I stumbled across it uh, just through some trailers and some uh, and some screenshots and stuff like that. And uh, then I saw that they were doing um, a game trial for uh, about halfway through the game, so I gave it a shot and thought it was fantastic i thought that the gameplay mechanics were really interesting um i thought the art design and the and the uh visual style was gorgeous it's like a pastel kind of like a pastel fantasy setting i don't quite want to i i hate using the breath of the wilds example because <laughs> fucking everybody uses that example it's a little uh, more cartoony it's a little bit more i would say borderlands yeah yeah it's got higher, higher resolution borderlands <laughs> Yeah, that that that's a good that's a good um that's a good comparison. Yeah, like a like a high fidelity Borderlands, basically. Um, so that's how I stumbled across it. I I've never played any of the Tales games before, so this was uh this was a first time for me. Yeah, for for I guess for background for anyone who doesn't know the game, uh, it's essentially a, it's a JRPG style game. Um, so really heavy like background like you're like a slave and there's kind of like two i won't call them like races because everyone kind of looks the same but there's like kind of two distinct classes classes. yeah Mm -hmm. um so there's kind of this class war and people trying to free themselves from their oppressors so it's like really 
really nitty gritty to start. And then it kind of obviously turns into this adventure of freeing different regions and getting your group together and, and doing all that. But yet it, it plays sort of a, not necessarily a turn base. It's like, it's kind of on the edge of what final fantasy seven remake did, but even less turn based. So it's almost full action RPG with a bit of a turn based like kind of a, a move set element within that. So it, yeah. Um, you're still doing encounters, right? You're still kind of doing your battle encounters, but it's much more free flowing than a, a classic, you know, click your, click the A button, click the X button through a bunch of battle mechanics. I think how I explained it was it was kind of a mixture between Devil May Cry and Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, yeah I, think good, that, I think that's kind of comparison. Yeah. And oh my god, explosions! Like if you thought, play, Kyle, if you thought playing Borderlands Three was like visual diarrhea, oh my god! Yeah, that's the one thing I got out of it. Like watching some of the, like some of the gameplay and like cinematic stuff and like mid fight stuff. I just like, I no no thanks. There's a lot. There's a lot going it's, on. It's, it's a lot. It's like playing an anime. Like that's yes. yeah. 100% yeah. you're you're playing an anime show. That's what I felt mm-hmm. like the whole time. I felt like I was playing. A, 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 like the JRPG was just a, a television show that I got to handle the action sequences. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's a hundred percent where it lost me too. Yeah. Well, yeah. If it didn't lose you there. I'm sure as, as someone, Kyle is a self-proclaimed person who clicks through a lot of dialogue. Uh, <laughs> you would have, well, you, you should see me last night. You would have spent a lot of time just hitting the X button in this game. Oh, yeah. There is a lot of dialogue. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably the biggest fault for this game is they've got the the story di- dialogue on its own and like mission dialogue, but then on top of all of that, they also have optional character dialogue to like build the the components and relationships between your party, oh, God. and like it just gets way it's so too much. much. It's too much. <laughs> the 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 way they did it was cool though. They did like Daryl saying it's kind of like like a manga or like a comic book style yeah, conversation with panels and stuff like that. Panels, which is awesome. Yeah, really cool. There's just a little bit too much of it personally. Yeah. Like I'm I'm all for some good backstory, but holy shit. Thankfully, it's it's all m- most of it is relegated to R1. So it's like, hey, if you're interested in this conversational topic between these two people, press now and you get to learn about it like i don't give a shit about it yeah like if you're in a hurry and at any point too like you can skip it you actually get to revisit any conversation you missed at the campfire which is handy if you're like trying to trying to learn everything and have every conversation if you want the lore dump yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i think i stumbled upon it once i just accidentally hit r1 i was like what the fuck is this conversation i'm having now what's (laughs) happening every time you enter a new zone one pops up anytime you get a new character you meet a new like kind of tertiary character along the way you find a find find a new fruit on the ground like you just like any any of these things like these things start popping up and i was like man like just pick one avenue like <laughs> you you nailed the conversational piece and the, and the overall ap- and the appearance of it but yeah like man tone it down this is like the game took me the first playthrough i think i was done in 80 hours and i bet you 
I bet you 40 of it was talking. (laughs) (laughs) That was way too much reading. I didn't set out for that. You don't even have to read. They talk. That's the, that's the other crazy thing is how much voice acting, but like what's the budget of this thing? I want to know how big the script was. Like how big is the script when, when they were given the part for different characters? Like this is like, this is like Witcher three and bio mutant levels. (laughs) It's, it's too bad too, because like the, like Trevor was saying, yeah, you know, some of the themes are actually quite heavy and a lot more serious than I was expecting from a JRPG. And the beginning of the game actually does a very good job of like introducing all of this stuff to you. Um, But I I would say probably halfway or three quarters through the game, it it turns into a very traditional JRPG where it's very silly. Yeah. You know, lots of angst and relationship stuff. (laughs) It's, it's all, it's almost like they forgot about like the best parts of the story. And then they just kind of fall into a lot of the same tropes that you find in this, in this genre. Um, and I think I, I think I texted Daryl as I was wrapping up the end of the game, like the last act or the last uh, like chapter, I guess um, even the story uh, dialogue, I think I skipped about 80% of it because it just didn't matter. Like none of it mattered. And I was just going, I was on this spaceship going from one person to the next person, to this person, to this person, just to yeah. talk. And I was like, ah, fuck, I, I'm done. Just give me flashbacks. Give me to the fight. Like, come on. Yeah. If you go through the entire dialogue at the very end, like the very end of the game sequences with uh, including the last battle, I think it's like almost two hours and there's only one battle. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like a movie of things that are yeah. happening and and stuff at the end and then your conversations with every, your entire party and the other major characters you meet along the way. It's I, it, it's a lot. It was Yeah. But I mean, it wraps up everything that you've done. Yeah. <laughs> that you've done. I will say too that like as bad as some of the mid-game dialogue is when the big story beats come up in the game and they turn it, uh, they turn the cinematics into actual anime style animation. Oh yeah. Like that stuff is, is so good. The quality is fantastic. Like those are easily some of the best cutscenes for just an RPG in general. Like, I, I I would sit back and just enjoy it. It was so good. When the one like melted everyone down. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. To break it down for you, Kyle, essentially each, I can't, was it four or five? um, Five. Like regions. So each one, they're essentially battling the the High Lord people that are running everything, are essentially battling to be like the next emperor. And they do that. And it's essentially, it's like an arms race slash like energy race. Um, And they're trying to like harvest energy and they all do it in a different way. And so this one lady like harvests anger. And so she killed everyone by pissing them off. Like it was crazy. Holy shit. So bringing it back, the, you guys were, were explaining the, the five different zones and the bosses. I do recall you saying something about the anger. There's the anger lady. 
Yeah. There was, I'm trying to remember the first guy was like, he was like the old school. He was like a miner. He was like a slave driver. Like he was, yeah, (laughs) he was was basically the worst one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, Dohalim who's actually ends up being like a good guy. He's like the, he's like the millennial ruler. (laughs) He's like, this isn't so great. Maybe we should do better. And you're like, Hey, um, I can't remember who the last ones are for some reason, but yeah, so they all, they all run like, and there's the guy that, uh, also wields the sword. That's like the, he's like the, he's like the darkness guy with the, um, Batman. no, (laughs) (laughs) he's yeah he runs that one area and like everyone is just kind of like a zombie basically in in his like they all just like pray to him and have no idea what the hell's happening his castle's like Mm -hmm. empty they're all in these boats just like it's like ganon and zelda and ocarina of time just those like zombie dudes walking around yeah Yeah. Uh, i thought each zone looked amazing like i thought the graphically this game was super cool i thought the the dynamic of the map, even though it's linear and has only a, like a few exploration options, I thought it was I thought it was very de- like detailed and beautiful to to kind of look at and stuff. Um, I mean, yeah. it's not a it, it's not the biggest open world game that'll blow your mind, but it was still it was still a pretty a pretty experience. So if, if you had to pick, what would be your, your favorite zone that you went through? Um, on, honestly, I liked Doalim's because um, it, it had a – it was pretty varied. It had uh, – it was like in the in the side of a mountain basically. So it had like some really fancy, uh, you know – carved uh, structures and and uh you know like his uh his castle section was was really nice but then there was still off to the side like this miners cave where they were Mm -hmm. you know they were uh, grinding rock and and all kinds of shit out of it and um i i I just i I like the colors of that one i i like that one the the most i think okay trevor what about you uh, I'd probably have to agree with Jordan. I like that one. Um, it also had some of the areas nearby that were a bit more explorable. Um, sort of like like uh, Daryl was saying, there wasn't a ton of like, it wasn't like uh, Dragon Quest or anything like that where you get a bit more non-linear decision-making. Okay. Um, so I did like that area because there was a couple like extra side things that you could go do and kind of distract yourself with if you wanted to you know, grind for an extra level or do anything like that. Right. Now I have a question for for you, Daryl and Trevor. Um, your party's got six people, um, and this game is kind of cool. It gives you the uh, the opportunity if you want, you can change like your main playable character. Um, and oh, so you can you, like swap through. Yeah. So like, yeah. did you guys did you guys play as Alfin the whole way through? Like, you controlled him, or did you end up making a switch to play as somebody else? I think I only ever switched off of him if I had run out of like revives and he was dead, and then I was like, <laughs> okay, I need to control somebody else. But typ- typically, I didn't necessarily like the play style of the other characters personally. Okay, so when you when you play the main character, does it like? 
does it affect the game at all other than just having like different skills and play styles it's it's more of the combat so you'll okay. go in as that character and in this case usually alfin um and you have your attack so each obviously each character kind of fits like a class like you have you know a fighter a swordsman kind of a mage and stuff like that um but then there's like team up moves or like special moves so you can um sort of sort of like final fantasy but not so turn-based um you can kind of control them to like use their power attack or use their special ability or you have like finishers you know that they're okay i remember playing this with jordan playing on his speaker and we could hear it from his tv and just the fucking anime it's like it's like pokemon you just hear people right. yelling <laughs> yeah. phoenix kick every attack has to be announced and uh yeah it's very, it's coming. it gave me a lot of dragon ball z vibes with that like you yes. have to like shout out your attack what you're doing and, yeah. and stuff like that i i think uh even some of the animation bits like that's i think that's why i liked it so much because it kind of it brought me back to the Dragon Ball Z days from when I was a kid. Um, Alfin kind of gave me that that kind of vibe when it, when he's you know channeling the power uh, from the flame sword that Xion makes him and stuff. So uh, I did like fighting as law. I actually um, did that kind of in the in the later third of the game. I would flop between uh, Alfin and Law, and because mm. Law was a, Law's quick attacks, and he's actually quite a bit of fun yeah. to play with. I platinum the game, so I ended up uh, doing like all the, all the single missions in in Doholim City there, uh, where you have to go to like their version of the arena essentially, yeah. and uh, and play as each character. I, I thought his were actually the most fun. So so you you fought as the law and the law won <laughs> and the law won. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I so did. I had to get that in there. What uh, What was your guys's uh, party? Because you could only pick three, right? Four. Yeah. Well, three extras. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Three, yeah. So four three total. Extras. Um, three extras. What were What were your guys's parties for the majority of the game? I typically went obviously Alfin. Uh, I did Shion because I found her healing to be better. Uh, I did Rinwell because like the magic was really good, and then I would usually, depending on who you were fighting, I would usually bounce between Law or Kisara. Personally, mm-hmm. I didn't like Dohalim as much. He had some good skills, but overall, I was just like, nah, just not for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm fair. the same. I I didn't. Uh, I never put Dohalim in my main party because I thought Shion's healing was better as well. So yeah. I never really put him in there. Um, but. My final four was uh, my only difference between you, Trev, was I didn't actually put Rinwell in. I used her as like a because you can still go through the menu and access their moves. Um, yeah. Uh, even though they're not in the active party. And I just like Law did more damage and stuff. And so if I needed mm-hmm. Rinwell, I would kind of pull her in. But uh, Kisara was huge in the later half of the game. Uh, her shield stuff, uh, breaking defenses yeah. down, was like a pretty important skill to have. So. She was, she was a mainstay in mine. Kassara's so thick, she'd stop you right in your tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do think Kassara probably has the best, like, finishing special where, uh, where they basically use the magic to make her sword turn into this gigantic ice blade. Oh, oh yeah, she, yeah, yeah. And then she does, like, that crazy slash move with this ice sword shield thing. Like, 
Uh, it's one of one of the coolest finishers for sure. Yeah. I, I thought those like finishing sequences were actually super cool. Uh, I was worried they were going to get old really fast, but the fact that like they're kind of randomized slightly, uh, you just get to pick one character that's going to be a part of it. And then the other one is random. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I thought it made like a interesting element for, for doing those moves and choosing to do those things. And like, yeah, as much as they're Michael Bay's, uh, <laughs> A wet dream in a video game. <laughs> they, they ended up being like pretty, pretty unique and pretty cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I thought that they made the combat feel engaging the whole way through, because uh, depending on who was in your party, it always felt varied enough with four people that you weren't using the same special every single time in every single encounter. Um, you know, so it, it definitely kept things, uh, pretty fresh that way. Um, and then I, I do like the mechanic that you'd be able to still go into the menu and play with like strategies or, uh, like attack preferences for certain characters. So like if, if you were going up against a boss that was weak against wind attacks, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to disable all of my, all of my allies attacks that aren't wind based. And I'm just going to make sure that they only use wind attacks. So, cause then everything is, you know, in the Pokemon super effective. <laughs> I'm clearly, clearly I am the on the lowest on the totem pole of JRPGs here. Cause Daryl is nodding along to this being like, yeah, I totally did that. I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is that? <laughs> like, Shit, that would have been a great idea. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's like a tactical element too, where you do control like yes. your other party members. Yeah. Kind yeah, of. like this, it's very reminiscent yeah. of like Final Fantasy twelve when you're setting gambits for your uh, for your party to do certain things in certain instances. And uh, this isn't helping. This isn't helping, Kyle. I'm just going to say Pick a card, more. <laughs> Wait, wrong universe. Wrong gambit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah still not helping. There's... Yeah, but like everyone, like certain people have different like stuns. So Shion has this like wicked ass like laser rifle. So if you have flying enemies, they, they get knocked down. So you can, you know, Fucking as much flying as you, enemies. you hate flying enemies. So, <laughs> Just um, the worst. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, I really liked the, uh, I like the characters though. I like the voice acting. I like, I, I think Alfin was, was my favorite from that aspect. Like I thought he definitely had the best, uh, like performance from, from an acting standpoint, he was very believable uh in, in a lot of the strife and stuff that he was going through um i thought lord volron was a really interesting villain oh that's the guy's um, name. yeah 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 like i like i thought he was a really cool bad guy um and, and you can definitely understand some of his motivations to like towards the end of the game um and i thought they do a really good job like i you know for probably 60 to 70 percent of this game you just know Volron as like the guy in the dark cape, you know, he's like just this. Ooh, so ominous. Just, yeah, yeah. Like you just, you know, he shows up periodically, fucks your party up and then disappears. And everybody's like, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> so, you know, they keep him pretty ominous for the majority of the game, which I, I thought was interesting. It, it kept things uh, a little bit more, you know, mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> and now i guess i 
the other major character we haven't talked about in this game, the <gasps> the, the critical character, Poodle. <laughs> <laughs> so Poodle for is Kyle's a reference, this is the mage, her little companion sidekick, because of course every mage needs a um, familiar pet. A familiar. Yeah. So yeah. she's got this little owl who then helps you find the as one of the collectibles you find owls throughout the land and each one gives you a cosmetic it's usually like a butt plug butt plug foxtail or something, oh. it's something <laughs> odd. Cat, you know, cat ears <laughs> eye patches like just weird shit right like just a little JRPG. Cat, yeah anal, anal, anal bead necklace you know yeah. just whatever <laughs> just some weird stuff you know some of it's funny but most of it like you know i give people like the double eye patch or something. So they're just walking around blind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and every, and every owl that you find goes to an owl sanctuary that has a king and a queen owl, which makes no fucking sense. But they, they talk they, they, to you they, they, and yeah, it's yeah. so ridiculous. The, oh the way that they communicate through Alfin and Shion is like maybe the, one of the weirdest parts of the game. <laughs> Cause yeah. they're like, they're having like a couple's argument and they're trying to emulate what the king and queen are saying. And it's like, is that is that what they're saying? Is that what you're saying? Is it like, what is happening here? Just like, a lot of confusion. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that was bizarre. But. And of course, the our, our favorite thing, as you get closer, the owls <laughs> let you know <laughs> that they're there. So I found, I found later in the game, it got better. Oh. It got more normal. It got to like a typical owl sound. The first it like 10 together. to 15 owls are like hypersexual, like really like you're talking like smoky cougar at the bar. Like <laughs> Trevor, could you could you I was gonna say, could you please give us a, a demo? Am I being propositioned oh, from the bushes God. over there? Like what is happening? I like when we first started playing this game, my favorite thing with Trevor was like, what do they do? Do they just go around everyone in the office that was developing this and just say, Hey, or make some sultry owl sounds. Yeah, yeah, make an owl noise. Yeah. Give me your best sexy owl. <laughs> yeah, Just got a fucking yeah, tape recorder. Yeah, yeah, they were like, you know what? We don't. We ran out of budget. We can't afford to <laughs> hire can't... actors. So you know what? Everybody on the development <laughs> team, you're up. Yeah. This oh is on God. par with the. This is on par with the cows in Diablo Two. Yeah. It was actually so funny. Oh man. Yeah. I, I was I, so confused. The first, first one I found, I was dying. I was absolutely yeah. dying. I was laughing so hard. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what sound is that? That is not an owl. That thing yeah. is in heat. <laughs> <laughs> So you got to return to the colony. It's owls in heat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, easily God. the easily the funniest thing in the game for sure. Totally take, unexpected, but man, I'll take uh, I'll take sexy owls over Korok <laughs> turd seeds from Breath of the Wild. Any day. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll co- if you want me to collect 150 sexual owls. Sexually <laughs> <laughs> frustrated oh owls. <laughs> Oh, so, we have gone off the rails teen, on this one. Teen angsty owls. Speaking of like <laughs> sexually frustrated collections, oh, Jordan, can you can you take us to your treasure trove today? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I broke them. <laughs> broke all of us. 
sultry, sultry owls. Can you tell us I knew. who you picked this time? I knew, Ooh. I knew that I knew the fucking owls was gonna go off the rails for us. How will we recover from this? Oh. <laughs> On our on our nest section. (laughs) (laughs) Treasure trove. Um, All right, so uh, to this week's treasure trove, I am kind of going uh, a little bit left field here. I don't think anybody in the in the group will have played this, but uh, it's a game called The Forest. It is a survival horror action game. Yeah, I'm out. Um, I, I, know, I know the deal. <laughs> same, same here. As, as soon as I said horror, the DeBolt brothers were out for uh, for the remainder. Um, but uh, they're actually making a sequel of this game called Sons of the Forest, which comes out in October this year. Um, it was kind of a surprise. Nobody thought that there was ever going to be a sequel. It's more of an indie game. Um, but uh, it kind of kind of takes like a castaway story where you're on a plane that ends up crashing in the middle of the ocean. You end up uh, you end up crash landing on this uh, deserted island, and you're is there a to forest? Fun- there is forest, many forests. Oh, in fact, just yeah, desert so desert island. No truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you're you're trying to find your son and. Uh, the game kind of starts you off slow. You want to build a shelter and, you know, chop down wood and, and create an axe and shit like that. Um, and then all of a sudden you'll look over to your right and there is a, a cannibalistic mutated creature just hanging out in the forest staring at you. And if you get close enough, it sprints at you and tries to kill you. <laughs> Ooh. And uh, so this this game totally unexpected for me. I didn't think it had any of the like mutated stuff. I went into this game not knowing a whole lot. Um, it's fully co-op though. I think you can have as many as eight players join your your game. Um, cool. And uh, and yeah, you can basically build your own settlements and you can build like spike traps and boulder catapult traps and shit uh, to keep people out and um you can even get like gangrene and stuff if you're not taking care of yourself like it it gets pretty intense in the survival mechanics um but for anybody that's looking for uh something that's a little bit slower paced has some horror elements um and then you know the the co-op components i know is always a that's always a bit of a draw for us here at, at the podcast so uh check check it out it's called the forest you can probably buy it on steam or or on console for like 10 bucks um and then yeah sons of the forest comes out in october it looks insane and creepy as shit and it's and it's built on a brand new game engine so it looks gorgeous so i am all in for for that one this beautiful uh, game not play (laughs) this new new party co-op survival horror game uh, genre is really taking off like we've seen we've been discussing here if we want to try the new army of darkness there's like a bigfoot one where you know you can play as someone's bigfoot and then you've got the bigfoot hunters trying to like get them it's like there's there's tons of these new ones coming out that are kind of all similar themed and it seems to really be i think it makes it better than the classic 
just play by yourself in the dark and shit your pants where it's like, Oh, I'm having yeah. fun with friends. It makes me want to play the game. Well, I think, I think that's the, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like a game like outlast as an example, yeah. I will Big never nope. play that because no, I, I, I will have a heart attack and die in my basement. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think part of it too is the, like the culture of reaction videos now and watching people react to crazy shit happening to them. Like there's literally an entire YouTube genre that's so and so reacts to whatever. Yeah, it's like scared out of them. Yeah, teenagers sure. react to normal millennial music. <laughs> um, you know, same thing yeah, goes yeah. for these like these horror game video games now. Is that it's branched out and they want like people want to be able to play with their friends and react to creepy shit that's happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Can't you like? Isn't like phasmophobia one where you can play? with multiple people yeah that's yes. where you're like ghost hunting and that's a yeah. big one that one's big because it's also branched into vr which has made it really funny yeah yeah 100 percent. fuck that. <laughs> that that one's a little easier to take because the graphics aren't as um, crisp so like it kind of there's that little line right like when you're watching old horror movies now where you're like oh it's so grainy it doesn't feel as as yeah. real it's, yeah it's not as scary it's yeah. not 4k behind you yeah <laughs> 4k breathing down your yeah. neck <laughs> all right so to to bring it back to tales you know we've we've been talking tall tales here and how many how many games are actually in this it's like a series is it not the tales games are a series and like it's funny jordan said that this was his first one and this was also my first Tales game, but I originally heard this from my buddy Eric, uh, who I had discussed kind of like um, starting to play this game after Jordan had uh, played a little bit of it. I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll check this thing out. So um, he has played a lot of them and uh, says that like this one was pretty good. There are some other titles in the Tales series that might uh, be better than this one, like in his opinion. So it's, it is interesting, but it is like a, it is a, a long-standing series, I guess. I don't know how many are in it in total, but mm-hmm. they, they're I not necessarily linked, though, right? No. no, they're separate stories every time. It's just like Final Fantasy. Yeah. Um, okay. There are two characters in this one, though, in that um, in that zone where you can kind of enter like the different dimensions and kind of cross through. You get those special keys to get their like ultimate weapons in the game. Yeah. Um, those two characters are from a different Tales game. Oh, I looked it up. A little bit of I, metaverse. Okay. Yeah. Kind Cross of Marvel, Marvel crossover. Yeah, right. Yeah, some Easter egg drops in there. Yeah, yeah I, I I talked to uh I talked to one of my friends who has played uh, a few of the Tales games and um she she had mentioned that the only complaint that she had is I guess one of the biggest tropes in tales games is the main character has amnesia a lot of the time, like to start, <laughs> oh to my start God. the game off, to start the stories and everything. And so, yeah. She, when she asked, she was like, Oh, like what's the, you know, what's the story like? Does your person start with amnesia? I was like, Oh, funny enough. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I guess that's an issue, but uh, yeah, no, the, uh, um, like, like Daryl was mentioning his, his buddy, I think there's one or two other previous tales games that are still considered the top tier. 
um, but tales of a rise for a lot of uh, players is uh, is very close. Um, they they had made some pretty big changes uh, from the gameplay and some of the combat mechanics, and mm-hmm. some of the tales you know loyalists loved the changes, and then there were some that really didn't like what they had uh, what they had done differently. So I think mm-hmm. it just depends on who you talk to. Cool. So if if you had anything that you would change or improve about this game what would it be less dialogue <laughs> besides <laughs> that we've already pointed that yeah, we've, out we've pointed that out quite a bit we've talked about it um I, I mean this is a pretty minor gripe but you know again anybody who's listened to our previous episodes knows how much we all like customizable loot um i i think that's one i i guess Again, it's a minor gripe, but there are some things that you pick up in the game worlds that uh, they just give you stat boosts, but they change nothing about the look of your character. Um, it yeah. would have been nice to have either have had like a like a transmog system, or or even like a like a crafting system where you could mix and match different pieces from different weapons and gear. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. that would be kind of cool to just mix things up. You know, if we all pick the same four-person party, maybe they would all look different based on the gear that we had. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, there's only like specific items that got um, cosmetic changes, and that you could change some of it. Yeah, I agree. That would that would be nice. Like there was the you could get the different colored of certain um, like outfits and stuff for each guy, and then a lot of the. Other outfits were paywalled, like they were DLC. Uh, they were like collabs with other games and yeah. uh, stuff like that. So you could change like some of their uh, like their overall look with that. But I think like if you're gonna have the gear and you you're gonna change some of the colorings, it's like open it up and let us change the the armor color and the cape color. Like let us yeah, just like let us yeah. make it our own uh, yeah. a little bit because the the cool thing is that, like the colors of the weapons are vibrant and they change. As you go, it'd be cool to like have gear that actually, you know, was complementary or kind of looked more like the the weapon you were wielding and things like that. I think it would be, I don't think that's a component that's very hard to program or anything like that. So, um, but it it seems like a lot of games in this genre do that though. They either go full customization or they do almost none. Like, I I don't understand why it's not just a, a mainstay. Mm-hmm. You know, because to me, it it seems like such an easy thing. Like to Daryl's point, every weapon you pick in this game is different. Every weapon has its own look and its own colors and its own style. But then everything else is like a half measure. You know, they don't do that with everything else, which seems kind of strange. Yeah. Trevor, uh, any improvements? Maybe not necessarily for this one, but if they were to make another one, I would just like them to open it up a little bit more. I think just some of the maps, a lot of them, like if you look at the map in the top corner, like you're literally on a a goat track, right? You're on a path. It's like, okay, well, clearly I have to go here. And there's like, you know, maybe one or two branches where it's like, okay, it's going to be really quick and easy to explore those, Mm -hmm. come back and do this. But then you get other games, you get, you know, you get your dragon quests, or if you get into the other, you know, realm of games of holy shit open open world games right now yeah um 
even if you kept the story linear in that sense, but just having more places to explore and kind of make some more decisions, I think would have yeah. would have added on to it a bit more. I think I think a lot of games now have sort of set a precedent for like larger maps that you can explore because people yeah. people want to want to they like to you know find the sneaky thing right like people are discovering shit in Elden Ring that's like oh nobody went down there and maybe I'll go down there and see what's up and you know people like finding stuff yeah and getting the reward for it too right yeah I think that's going to be the really interesting thing in the next five to six years post Elden Ring is Mm -hmm. like with how rewarding that game was for allowing you to explore and to always find something. Um, I I'm really curious what other open world games kind of take on that, that same mechanic and interest. Cause it's hard to go back to games that are locked off with like strong map borders. and <laughs> Like you can't go here because it's, you know, it's completely yeah. walled off. Yeah. Like, I want to go there. Let me go there. I'm curious, like even in the realm of JRPG, like I know Daryl's shitting his pants about it, but the (laughs) next, the next edition of final fantasy seven remake, like when you get out of the city and you start exploring the world, like that's going to, that could potentially, depending on how they did it, could be very big and open and same thing set a precedent, especially for the JRPG genre that, um, you know, you could do this and it'd be interesting. Indeed. Daryl. Thoughts. Down? I want more owls. I was just, I was hoping <laughs> Daryl, like, Daryl just wants like to see hooters, hooters folks. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl just wants no, to see lots of hooters. Uh, can we, can so, we get a, can we get a pimp owl named Slickback or something? It's got a little cane and. So I'm feel free gonna... to send Daryl some hooters on Instagram. <laughs> The king owl didn't have a crown on, which was pretty funny. That's true. I I actually, uh, I thought it was weird. It felt like my party was incomplete. It felt like there should have been eight people. Like, uh, it seemed like six, it seemed like six characters are too short for the setup this game had. And I also thought that like there was, they could have, like, you have so much dialogue. They had all this chance to like, uh, put in a couple other people that you could have, uh, Used as fightable characters. I thought. Sorry, did, were um, you asking for more dialogue? No, no, I was not. <laughs> no, but there's plenty like, there. Short. There's plenty <laughs> for the six people that were the mainstays of the game. Yeah. Um, but like you know, they could have spread the wealth a little bit with a couple others. I just felt, I felt like there sh- it should have had eight choosable characters. Um, it was balanced six that they chose, but um, I, I was like, give me. Give me something like give me a thiefish type of character. Mm-hmm. Give me a big brute. Like it's <laughs> you're missing a couple like key element type of characters that are representational in a lot of these types of games. And uh, I was just like, bah. I think they I think they missed out on that a little bit. Um, Daryl wants say, his Daryl wants his barbarian with a giant axe. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, but <laughs> I will say this is one of the first JRPGs. Rinwell wasn't super crazy young. There wasn't some old geezer, like it wasn't Dragon Quest where like you have to have the young child or the old man in your party that don't make any sense. Like one yeah. of them's too right. young those, to those troops, know what yeah. the hell's going on. The other one's too old to walk that long. Like yeah. <laughs> I was very happy that the characters were in the, the right realm. Everybody was, uh, I don't know, cool enough to be usable. I, I, so I, yeah. I could appreciate that. 
Um, Not like a throwaway character that's like nobody's going to use. Exactly. Like at least they had that. Honestly, I think Daryl just wanted a Barrett and a Red 13. That would have. Give me my gun arm, my gun arm toting, swearing badass motherfucker, just having a cigar and having a good time. Give me Barrett. (laughs) Would not fit in with any of these characters. No, no, wouldn't make sense at all. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, Daryl, though, that uh, like you you complete your party pretty early in the game. Like you get all six characters um, pretty early on and then yeah. the rest of it, I guess. Like I, I, I guess they probably do that because then it gets, still gives you a good chunk of the game to like hash out your party and who you like. Um, but but I agree, it's, it feels like you get everybody earlier than you maybe should. Or you know, in Daryl's uh, in Daryl's case, add a couple extra characters, uh, you know, towards the end of the game or something. I like more. I just like to have a little bit more of a diverse choice, especially in your end game when you have to like change your strategy and stuff. Like you said, you can change your elemental moves and things like that, and you can change your you know uh, your battle strategies and things like that, which are great components to the game. I, those are awesome strategy points, but. Uh, I, I did think like they could have added a couple other a couple other characters. So yeah. So coming back to our, our good old formula here, if you had to score it out of ten. Ten? Yeah. Ten. Yeah, we usually do ten. That's usually what we we're, do, we're, yeah. we're not going with the percentage scale. 14. We're going with the- <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> uh, out of ten. We're gonna go left to right on my screen here. Trevor. Uh I think I'd give it uh an eight eight and a half uh especially because i i don't touch into jrpgs too much and i definitely i don't think i completely finished the game yet but i have put a ton of time into it and i've really enjoyed it daryl i'm gonna give it an eight it lost me on the amount of dialogue believe it or not um, no and way. then just like i felt like a couple customization pieces knocked it off but um the the saving grace for this game to me is the battle mechanics. So it gets an eight. Yeah. Uh, for me, it'd be an eight and a half out of 10, um, you know, similar kind of uh, complaints to the, to the other two guys. I think it loses some points for just some of the, the throwaway dialogue, especially towards the end of the game in the final chapter. Um, it's, it's still one of the most fun JRPGs I've played in years um and uh, and i think this battle system or at least this variation of battle should be in most jrpgs because it is far more engaging than a lot of the other ones that are used a lot of just like the select your move yes like or like like mashing it's either that yeah or it's button mashing if they do real-time fights it's just like a one button or like quick time you know quick time event shit which gets tiresome yeah yeah, the combos totally. and the customization of combos and move sets and stuff in this was was really refreshing, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, Kyle, overall, what would you support? I, I'm going to abstain. I plead the fifth. One, two, three, fifth. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think overall, uh, it's different for you guys uh, than what you usually play. Um. It's, it's interesting to see you step outside the box and pick like different games than you usually do. 
uh, and hearing, I mean, especially in our group chats and updates, uh, playing these games, you get, I get to hear about it live and some of the frustrations and stuff, especially when we are all chatting and playing different games at the same time sometimes. So it's, it's interesting to hear your reactions with those games versus some of the other ones that you play. Uh, overall though, I, I think we could vote this one as good enough. Good enough. <laughs> I feel so dirty right now. I need a shower. I can't top that. That's good enough. No. I can't. Okay, good enough. That's, that's exactly All what right. I was going to do. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. I feel like Ace Ventura in the shower. Oh, God. I hope that's good enough. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at GEG Podcast. Check out our website, goodenoughgaming.com, and write us an email about anything from our episodes or something you would like us to discuss in the future. You can also now join us on Discord on the Good Enough Gaming Discord server. We really appreciate you listening and hope you continue to join us on this epic adventure of discussing all things gaming and nerd. Please subscribe to the Good Enough Gaming Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. And rate us five stars so we can find more good enoughers in the process. Just remember, we might not be great, but we are good